Hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands to Jesus tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but we're here tonight to ring in the new year. Amen. I think we ought to take a little bit of time before we get into the message. Let's just worship the Lord for all the faithfulness that He's shown to us in 2018. I'm not saying that 2018 was a good year all the way around or a bad year all the way around. But I'm still here. And I'm still standing. And God has been faithful. Ah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. God has been faithful. He's kept his word. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. Jesus, I worship you. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. I'm thankful for your goodness. I'm thankful for your mercy that have shown themselves to be brand new every morning throughout this last year of 2018. And will continue to show yourselves brand new every day in the upcoming year. Oh, hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness. Praise God. Praise God. If you would, please turn with me to the book of 1 John, chapter 3, verse 18. We're going to simply read that one verse, and this is going to be the, I guess we could say, our verse to live by for the year 2019. I'm thankful for this opportunity to stand before you tonight. It's going to be a little bit different tonight. We're going to, I mean, I might show out a little bit. My wife told me I had to behave. Um, I, I don't want to end up back in a hospital, so y'all, y'all have to help me out a little bit. But I, I think I think tonight we're, we're it's going to be more of just kind of throwing out what, what we believe God wants to do and the direction God wants us to take for this, for the year 2019. And so we'll, we'll be revealing our, our theme for the year, and it's really based out of this verse right here, First John chapter 3 and verse 18. It says, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's been said that love is an action word. It's a verb. It's not a noun. It's not something you fall into and fall out of. It's a decision and a choice that you make. And there's actions that come along along with it. Love is more than words. It's more than just speaking. But you gotta, you got to put some action to it. And same thing goes for faith. Amen. We could we could have taken faith without works as dead and probably done the same thing with it. <laughs> but first John chapter three and verse eighteen, that is our gonna be our scripture for this year. I want you to pray with me and then after we pray, we're gonna reveal our logo and our theme for for this coming year. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for what you've done in two thousand and eighteen. God, you've been so good and you've been so faithful and you've been so true. God, I thank you for the movement that went forward, the advancement that went forward as a result of the prayers of the saints, of the warfare that was engaged in. Lord, I thank you for what you have done in 2018. I thank you for the the strongholds that have been broken. I thank you for the breakthroughs that have occurred in 2018. And I praise you in advance tonight for the further advancement of your kingdom that we are going to see in this city and in this community in our families, in our homes, in our church, in this year of 2019, and whatever it may bring, God, we know and we trust, we believe that it's going to bring revival and it's going to bring harvest. And we, we thank you for it, Lord Jesus, and we give you all the glory and honor and praise. Now, I ask that you would help us tonight to see the vision that you have shown us for what you want to do through this church in this upcoming year. I pray that you would help us to grasp it and and grab a hold of it, Lord, and make it our own and, and, and fall in line with it so that you can do all the things that you've promised to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Sister Marie, if you want to go ahead and throw that up there, this is going to be our new logo and our new theme. That's not it. Not Merry Christmas. There it is. Hopefully you can see that. 
it says engage boots on the ground and there's our verse let us love indeed and in truth right and i'm going to try to advance so so we're going to engage let's see if this is going to work for me i don't know if it's going to work all right that's way offline now all of a sudden we, we, we should go to slide number two. You may have to help me. Engage, boots on the ground, love in word and or love in, in deed and in truth. Um, so we need to engage. And, and we're, we're going to talk about engaging throughout this year. And there's, there's four areas that we're going to engage in. If, if God is going to do uh, what God wants to do, um, this year, we're going to have to engage, and there's four key areas that we're going to engage in. The first one there, if you can see it, is we are going to engage with Jesus. We are going to engage with Jesus. So we're going to talk about how are we going to engage with Jesus in 2019 so that he can help propel us into the revival that he wants to propel us into. We're going to engage with Jesus, number one, through prayer. And I'm thankful for the prayers that have gone up. I'm thankful for the men's prayer Brother Andres is leading on, on Saturday mornings. I'm thankful for the ladies' prayer that Sister Miosotis is leading on Saturday mornings. I'm thankful for the prayer chain that we have going on for, for those of you that are here early uh, in the morning praying. For those of you that are coming throughout the day, some of you have been here at night after you get off work praying in this sanctuary, praying for revival and praying for breakthrough. We are going to engage with Jesus first and foremost through prayer. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 says to pray without ceasing. And I simply want to encourage you, keep praying. We're beginning to see the results. We're beginning to see the breakthrough. We're beginning to see uh, the, the actions that are, that are taking place as a result. We're, we're beginning to see uh, strongholds coming down. And we're beginning to see God move like he hasn't moved in a long time. But I, I'm not satisfied. We need to keep praying without ceasing. We need to not be weary in well-doing. We need to continue to pray. Ephesians 6 and 18 says, praying always, again, to continue with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. We taught earlier this year on the two dimensions of prayer, talking about you've got to take your prayer beyond just the, the, the natural prayer, but you need to learn how to pray in the spirit, and it ought to be a consistent thing in your life. You ought to be praying in tongues uh, as much as you possibly can. Praying in the Holy Ghost is absolutely important, and we must pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And we'll talk about that word supplication and intercession a little bit later. But we need to keep praying. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything. Everybody say, in everything. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm not going to sugarcoat it tonight and tell you that everything's going to be unicorns and rainbows and tell you that everything is going to be money falling out of the sky for you in 2019. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that everything is going to be beautiful and everything's going to be uh, peachy in your life in 2019, but what I am going to tell tell you is that God just like he was faithful in 2018 he's going to be faithful in 2019 and what I'm going to tell you uh, is that if you pray uh, God will allow his peace to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus I hear the prophet Isaiah when he said thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee we're going to pray and we're not going to worry. We're not going to be anxious. I'm not saying things aren't going to worry you, but I'm going to say when I have worries and when I have concerns, and yes, even when I have doubts, I'm going to pray. Anyway, Lord, help thou my unbelief, and I'm going to allow the peace of God in everything by prayer and supplication. I'm going to let my request be made known unto God. We're going to engage with Jesus through prayer. And we're going to engage in G with Jesus uh, through praise and worship. 
Amen. We're going we're gonna to praise him. Psalm 111 in verse 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my what? With my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. I'm going to praise him with my whole heart. I'm going to uh, uh, praise him in the sanctuary. I'm going to praise him in my home. I'm going to praise him with my family. I'm going to praise him on my job. I'm going to praise him if I'm going to school. I'm going to praise him while I'm driving down the road. I'm going to engage with Jesus uh, uh, through uh, praise and worship. Psalm 150 and verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath, Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. As long as I've got breath in me, there will be praise that comes out of these lips. As long as I've got, I wake up in the morning, there will be praise that comes forth out of these lips. It is a command that we are to praise ye the Lord. And so I'm going to engage with my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through praise and worship. I'm going to praise Him in the good times. And I'm going to praise Him in the bad times. And I'm going to praise Him in the fun times. And I'm going to praise Him in the not so fun times. And I'm going to praise Him while I'm on the mountain. And I'm going to praise Him while I'm in the valley. I'm going to praise Him while I'm in good health. I'm going to praise Him while my body doesn't feel so good. I'm going to engage with Jesus in praise and worship. And I put the wrong verse up there. Hebrews 13 and 15. It's actually supposed to say, By him, therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise continually. Let us offer up the sacrifice of praise continually. Sometimes my praise is going to cost me something. Sometimes my praise might be a little more than my body feels like it can handle at a given time. But I'm going to offer up a sacrifice of praise. Sometimes I might be tired and not feel like praising him. But I'm not going to offer that to the Lord which costs me nothing. My praise is going to go one step further than my strength will take me. My praise is going to go one step further than my emotions will take me. I'm going to praise the Lord continually and it's going to be a sacrifice of praise. And I'm going to remember, as I'm engaging with Jesus through praise and worship, I'm going to remember Jehoshaphat as he stood and he was surrounded by enemies that outnumbered him in so many ways. And yet, the Bible says that Jehoshaphat came up with a battle plan that came from the man of God and said, you won't have to fight in this battle, but if you'll send forth the praisers before the warriors, if you'll send forth the praisers, the Bible says that when he did so, he said, forth praisers and they began to march out with cymbals and march out with instruments and trumpets and lifting up the voice of their praise offering up the sacrifice of praise the fruit of their lips giving thanks unto God and as they did so the Bible says that the Lord sent ambushments upon the enemy and the enemy got confused and started fighting against one another. And Israel did not have to fight in the battle. I'm telling you, you're going to face some battles this year. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you there's not going to be a battle. But you're going to face a battle. But when you face the battle, praise God through the battle. The weapons we use are not bombs or guns. But worship is the way that the battle is won. Sister Marie, I'm trying to be good. I'm getting excited. I'm going to remember Jehoshaphat because there's victory in my praise. I'm going to remember Job. All kinds of bad stuff happened. One thing after another, after another, after another. Even his own wife and his friends were telling him he was messed up. He ought to give up. 
But Job said, even when I feel like I give up, even when I feel like you're not around, even when I feel like I can't find you, even when, I, when I'm sitting here and my body is racked with pain, even when I don't understand what's going on, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as gold. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of of the Lord. When I'm down and when I feel like I'm out, when I'm discouraged, I'm going to remember Job and I'm going to say, blessed be the name of the Lord and I will continue to engage with Jesus through praise and worship. Amen. And I'm going to engage with Jesus through a faithful attendance. I'm going to be faithful in the things that he calls them to be faithful to. And yes, we're talking about church attendance, but we can apply that to prayer. We can apply that to our devotion and our Bible reading. I'm going to be faithful because the Lord desires faithfulness. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. We're, we're, in, we're in that day we're in the last days, and we ought to be exhorting one another. We ought to be calling one another when we don't see each other in church. We ought to be, we ought to be pushing one another and, and prodding one another and to provoke unto good works uh, so that we can make sure that we're not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And by the way, yes, it means church attendance, but it doesn't only mean church attendance. We ought to be, be fellowshipping, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later too. We ought to be uh, breaking bread from house to house. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but so much the more as we see the day approaching. Psalm 101, verse 6, look at this. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. <laughs> you want God to notice you? Be faithful. David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he was faithful keeping those sheep. Moses showed himself to be a faithful shepherd on the backside of the desert. And God's eyes were upon him. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way or a complete way, he shall serve me. And then Proverbs 28, verse 20, the first part of that verse, it says, A faithful man shall abound with blessings. I'm going to engage with Jesus through attendance, through faithfulness. Attendance. I'm gonna be. A, I'm gonna be faithful to church. I'm gonna be faithful to to my teaching my home Bible studies. I'm gonna be faithful to to witnessing. I'm gonna be faithful to my devotion. Uh, if I set a time to pray, I'm gonna pray during that time. If I set a time to read my Bible, I'm gonna read my Bible during that time. If I set a time to fast, I'm gonna fast during that time. If I if I set a time to be with God, I'm gonna be faithful to it. And when the church doors are open, I'm gonna be here. It's Wednesday night Bible study, I'm going to be here. It's Sunday night fellowship classes, I'm going to be here. It's Sunday morning service, I'm going to be here. Spanish service, if I'm involved in that, I'm going to be here. If there's Friday night prayer, I'm going to be here. Because a faithful man is the man that's going to abound with blessings. You want to receive blessings, you better learn how to be faithful. You want the Lord to notice you. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that, I'm showing you scripture. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to engage with Jesus through faithful attendance. And I'm going to engage with Jesus through giving. It gets quiet now when I start talking about that. <laughs> but Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits, the first fruits of all thine increase. That means you give the best and the first. And the pastor talked about that on Sunday. You give the best and you give the first to the Lord. I, as pastor was preaching, I, I looked over at my friend Demetrius that was visiting, and pastor was talking about those leftovers. I, I don't like leftovers. I especially don't like leftover potatoes. There's nothing worse cooked in a microwave than potatoes heated over. I mean, I just, they try to heat french fries over again. Man, it's just disgusting. Pastor was talking about the leftovers, and, and, and I remember the Lord spoke to me one time, and he said, 
He said leftover sacrifice is going to get you leftover blessings. Come on. <laughs> you, you, want, you want a leftover blessing? That's fine. But I want to abound with blessings. I, I want the first blessing. I want the best blessing. I, I, want the, I want the blessing of the firstborn. I want the double portion. I, I, I don't want to get the leftover blessings. It just, I, I mean, think about it. When, when, when Esau came to get a leftover blessing, there was nothing left. I, I want to get mine. I want God to bless me however he wants to bless me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless him first with the best and the first. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You want, you want to have an overabundance. You honor God first. There's, there's a principle there. You put God first, and he'll put you first. Luke 6, 38, give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Give a little bit, get a little bit. Give a little more, get a little more. And so on and so forth. And then 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I'm going to engage with Jesus through this next verse. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. Not just because the Bible says so. Not just because the pastor said so. Not just, not just because there's somebody begging for an offering. Not just, not just because everybody else is doing it. But I'm, gonna, I'm not doing it of necessity or grudgingly. For God loveth a cheerful giver. I'm going to engage with Jesus by being a cheerful giver and the Lord is going to bless this church and he's going to help us pay off that mortgage and he's going to help us and 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 we're going to we're going to send more missionaries in the field and we're going to we're going to be able to do more things and God's going to use this church in mighty ways but guess what it's directly tied to the level of our giving I'm going to engage with Jesus through giving there's more scriptures about money in the Bible than there are about salvation I'm not saying money is more important than salvation, but if you can submit with your money, you can submit with just about anything else. If you can trust God with your finances, it's easier to trust him with other stuff. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to engage with Jesus through serving. Psalm 100, verse 2. It says, serve the Lord with Gladness, service with a smile. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I'm going to teach that Sunday school class with a smile on my face. I'm going to lead that men's prayer with a smile on my face. I'm going to open that door. I'm going to drive that cart. I'm going to clean those toilets. I'm going to I'm going to vacuum those carpets. I'm going to try to get all that glitter off of the chairs. I'm going to do everything I can with a smile on my face, as hard as that may be. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. And, and I might even sing a song while I'm doing it. Because when I come to clean the church, when I come to teach a Sunday school class, when I come to pray in the mornings, when I, when I come to, to shovel the snow off the sidewalk or, or, or help uh, do some landscaping, when I, when I come to dust off uh, uh, the, the drapes and dust, dust the furniture, when I, when I come to, to clean up some things and take out the trash and do all those things, whatever I'm doing in the house of the Lord, I'm coming before His presence and I'm serving Him. So in everything that I do, in word or in deed, I'm going to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'm going to do it all with all of my heart. John 12 and 26 says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. Look at this, though. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If you serve him, he will honor you. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to engage with Jesus through serving. 
It's not always going to be easy, and it's going to be tiring sometimes. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Look at that, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm not pulling back. I'm not, I'm not taking so many things off my plate that, so that I'm not doing anything anymore. I'm not trying to find the easy way out. And, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong. You can do too much and you can burn yourself out, but, but I'm still going to be steadfast. I'm going to be unmovable. I'm going to abound in the work of the Lord. I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure that I'm doing whatever I can in the house of God. Why? Because I, for as much as you know that your labor is, is not in vain in the Lord. It might feel like you're not getting anywhere. It might feel like nobody notices. It might feel like it's not important what you're doing, but everything that you do in the house of God is important and it is noticed, so be faithful. Be steadfast. Be unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Engage with Jesus through serving. And then we're going to engage with each other. We're going to, and I'm sorry, that's not very easy to see. We're going to engage with each other. So the first thing we're doing, engage, boots on the ground, is we are going to engage with Jesus. And the second thing we're going to do is we're going to engage with each other. How are we going to engage with each other? The first way we're going to engage with each other is through fellowship. Through fellowship, we're going to engage with each other through fellowship. We talked about it a little bit already. Acts 2, 46 and 47, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Anybody wants to bake me chocolate chip cookies and invite me over, I'm there. <laughs> or if you want to invite me over and I bring the cookies, I'm there. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. After January, because we're doing the annual fast. Good point. Good point. You're going to invite me over for some Ezekiel bread. I'm coming. I'll be there. No. <laughs> Don't give me any tofu, though. I can't eat that stuff. <laughs> but they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their Meat with gladness. Man, I, I, don't, I wonder if the Daniel fast is biblical. They were eating meat with gladness. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. And singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And look at this. Because of fellowship and faithfulness, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. You want to see true growth in this church? Let's engage with one another through fellowship. Let's engage. Let's, let's make it on purpose. Let, let's do it. Let, let's make sure that, that we're being proactive and not, and not reactive when it comes to fellowship. Let's make sure we're um, doing our part and invite somebody out sometime. And, 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 you know, maybe you can't afford to take them to, take them to Olive Garden or, or, or to Applebee's or to Outback, but maybe you can take them to Wendy's. All right, maybe, maybe you can maybe you can take them. Uh, maybe you can just you know cook something a pot of spaghetti or chili. It doesn't cost that much to make a pot of chili and 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 have them over to the house or or whatever the case may be. We need to fellowship. And by the way, when we have fellowship events, you ought to be there for that too because that's how we get together and that's how we how we grow. First John one verse seven. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. You say you're walking in the light, and he's in the light. If you are, then you will have fellowship one with another. I mean, John didn't pull any punches. <laughs> if you say you're walking in the light, you ought to be fellowshipping with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And if you're not, maybe you're not walking in the light. That's what he's saying. We need to fellowship. We're going to engage with each other through fellowship. Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. It's, it's good to be able to, 
to rub shoulders every now and then. It's good to be able to spend time with one another. We encourage one another. We we sometimes have to exhort one another, and sometimes there might be a little bit of friction, but even that helps to sharpen the blade. Don't, don't pull back from fellowship just because things got a little bit tense for a moment. Guess what? There's going to be intense fellowship every once in a while, especially if you're married. It's going to happen. Sorry. Just, you know, try to make it less intense and, you know, figure it out. But, but guess what? There's going to be times that, that, that fellowship isn't ne- doesn't necessarily feel fun, but it may be because someone's trying to tell you to pick up your bootstraps and, and move on. And, 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 you know, stop having a pity party. I was there a few times recently. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was sitting in that hospital bed, and I'm like, what is going on? I was struggling. Matter of fact, I didn't even tell pa- I haven't told Pastor this yet. I texted him. I was having a pity party. I'm like, I'm so discouraged. I'm so frustrated. I'm whining through my text. And, I, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry you're going through this. I understand. And, I, and I'm sorry that you have to be going. But it's going to get better. And I, I almost threw my phone across the room when I saw that text. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Come pat me on the back and have a pity party with me. I invite you to a pity party. You're trying to encourage me. I don't want to hear that. I'm just trying to be honest. I was mad. <laughs> but guess what? That's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear. You know, and I was thankful for it after I got over myself. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. Amen. And then Ecclesiastes 4.12, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken we can do more together than we can do individually and we need to fellowship we need to engage with one another through fellowship the second way we're going to engage with each other is through mentorship i'm trying to hurry through this mentorship is important a mentor is someone whose hindsight can become your foresight say hindsight is 2020 right you know what that means there's somebody that ought to help you be able to learn from their mistakes so that you don't make the same mistakes they make Amen. And guess what? There's somebody that, you know, you you ought to be able to to share some wisdom and some insight. If you've ever messed up, you've got some wisdom. If you've ever failed, you've got some wisdom. Because you learn what didn't work. And you can maybe give somebody a little nugget and say, hey, by the way, that doesn't work. Don't do it that way. You might not have the right answer yet, but you at least can steer them in, the, in, a, in another direction. You can be a mentor. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul tells Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. Be a mentor of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. It doesn't say in knowledge. It doesn't say in, in being a Bible scholar. It, do, it doesn't say uh, that, that you need to be a mentor by knowing everything. But you can live a pure life. You can behave yourself. You can love somebody. You can be faithful. You can be full of the Holy Ghost. And you can set the example for somebody. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. Paul is telling Timothy. Because Paul was Timothy's mentor. And he was telling him the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. All that stuff you're learning, all that knowledge you're getting, all that all that experience and all that wisdom you're getting, you ought to be sharing it. Help somebody else. We're going to engage with each other through mentorship. It ought to be happening. If you don't have a mentor, you need to get some mentors in your life. If you're not mentoring somebody, you ought to be mentoring somebody. Amen? There's biblical examples, and there's so many, but we, we already talked about Paul and Timothy. How about Moses and Joshua? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll teach a lesson on that soon about mentoring in the, in the Bible and mentors and mentees, and, and we can look, talk about that a little bit. But how about Elijah and Elisha? How about Naomi and Ruth? All right, there was a lot of mentoring going on in the Bible. You look throughout it, mentoring is biblical. We're, so we need to engage with each other through mentorship so that we can all grow and advance together. 
And we're going to advance or we're going to engage with each other through discipleship. Matthew 28, 19 says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name. What is the name? Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's the, the name of Jesus. We're going we're gonna to teach all nations. In other words, we're going to make disciples. That's what that word teach means. We need to be making disciples. Now look at Luke 14 and 27. It says, whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And I put that verse in there because you need to first be a disciple before you can be a disciple maker. But if you'll follow after Jesus and you'll be a disciple of Jesus and and if you'll if you'll find someone to mentor you and if you'll you'll follow in somebody's footsteps, there ought to be somebody that follows you along the way. You ought to be discipling somebody. You you see some of those new folks coming in. We've been having a lot of visitors lately. You ought to be engaging with them. You ought to be reaching out to them. And and and, and you might not be the only one, but hey, discipleship doesn't have to be a one on one thing. It could be a group thing, too. I say it takes a village, right? <laughs> And, and we ought to be helping one another, discipling one another. Look at what's happened in Mark 16, verse 20. This is the, the other version of the, of the Great Commission, but they went out. The Bible says they went forth and preached everywhere. And look what happened. They, they discipled people, and look what happened. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following if you'll get out and start making disciples and you'll get out and start teaching people the word of God he will confirm his word with signs following he will work with you after all he's the one that commanded us to do it in the first place so we're going to engage with each other through discipleship I love this quote that I found today I, I don't know who to give credit for I just I found it online didn't have a, a, a credit to give but it says making disciples is about continuing the cycle of redemption, of, of redemption, passing on the faith that was passed to you. Somebody taught you a Bible study. Somebody preached Jesus to you. Somebody told you and taught you about baptism and taught you about the Holy Ghost and led you to it. Guess what? You ought to be doing the same thing. Amen. All right. And then we're going to engage. We're going to engage with Jesus. We're going to engage with each other. And we're going to engage in battle. We're going to engage in battle. How are we going to engage in battle? We're going to engage in battle using our spiritual weaponry. Guess what? I told you, you're going to have a battle. And the more we pray, the harder the enemy's going to fight because he knows his time is up. There's going to be battles. You're going to have to face some battles. But guess what? We've got some great spiritual weapons. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses three and four. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But what they are mighty uh, through God uh, to the pulling down of strongholds. If you'll use your spiritual weapons, you'll win every time. Amen. You got to understand who the enemy is. It's a spiritual battle, but you've got the weapons to use. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of my might. No, his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, there's a lot of that in this world today, and, and it's out there. But guess what? If I put on the whole armor of God and I'll use my spiritual weapons, I will still have victory. Amen. We're going to have battles. We're going to fight battles, but, but we're going to win. Because we're going to engage in battle using our spiritual weapon. Now, now, listen, the Lord dropped something in my spirit before service started. If he can't, if the, this is the, the wiles of the devil, right? Let me just reveal to you some things. He's going to try to get you to sin. He's going to try to get you to fall. But if he can't get you to do that, he's going to try to make you give up. He's going to get you discouraged and depressed and feeling inadequate. And he's going to try to get you to give up. But if he can't get you to give up completely and turn your back on God, then he's going to try to just get you to back up or to draw back. The Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail 
against the church of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that says I'm supposed to back up, but I'm supposed to go forward. I'm supposed to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. But if the devil can't get me to sin and he can't get me to fall, he can't get me to give up, then he's going to try to get me to back up because he's going to try to intimidate me into thinking I cannot win. But I'm not going to back up. We are not, for the writer of Hebrews said, we are not of them that draw back. We're not going to draw back, but we're going to keep on moving forward. We're going to go into the promised land, and we're going to possess the promises of God. We're not of them that draw back, and so we're going to engage, engage in battle using our spiritual weaponry, and we're going to remember what it says in Isaiah 54 and verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in uh, in uh, judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. If you'll serve him, and if you'll use your spiritual weapons, uh, no weapon that the enemy tries to form against you will even be able to work. I'm going to remember that I am of God little children, and I've overcome them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm going to engage in battle using my spiritual weaponry, and I'm going to remember what it says in Romans 8, 37, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I'm going to engage in battle using my spiritual weaponry, and I'm going to remember what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57 but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through Christ Jesus I'm going to fight and I'm going to battle and I'm going to win come on somebody I'm going to fight and I'm going to battle and I'm going to win because God gives me victory. We're going to engage in battle through intercessory prayer. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30 says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. And this is maybe the second most sad passage of scripture. <laughs> but I found none. I hope God doesn't look down at the Pentecostal in New Britain and say, I'm looking for somebody that will intercede. I'm looking for somebody that will stand in the gap. I'm looking for somebody that will make up the hedge. I'm looking for somebody that will pray for somebody else when they need it and look around the Pentecostal of New Britain and find nobody. And I don't think that's the case because we've got to pray in church. And we're becoming more and more and more of a praying church, and I'm so thankful for that. Let it not be said that the Lord can't find an intercessor in New Britain when he needs one. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For all men. Even your enemies. Even the ones you don't agree with. Even the politicians you don't like. Look at this, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Intercede for those that don't like you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to intercede. And he said, Paul was exhorting, first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercessions be made. It needs to be happening. There needs to be intercessory prayer going on. And then James 5.16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It availeth much. Your prayers are not just bouncing off the ceiling. Your prayers are heard. God hears your prayers. He sees your tears. It's going to be all right. He's going to hear your prayer. Intercede, and God's going to do great things. 
Pray one for another that you may be healed. I'm thankful for all of your prayers during my struggles that I've had recently. And I'm, I'm here right now doing what I'm doing because of your prayers. And I'm thankful for your prayers. And, and it means a lot. I'm telling you, there are times in a hospital bed, I could tell, I could feel that people were praying for me. I could feel it. I could sense it. And I'm thankful for that. That needs to continue. There's greater things coming this year. And part of it's going to be because we learn how to intercede like we've never interceded before. Pastor, I, I think we're just going to have to have some, some prayer meetings that are just for intercession. I, I think we're going we're gonna to have to teach people how to intercede. And, 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 and God's going to, you know, there have been times in our services recently when, when there's such a powerful spirit of intercession swept across this sanctuary. God is trying to take us to a place of intercessory prayer where, where we, you know, God's going to, this is what's going to happen. He's going to take us through some times. And I, I, told, I texted Pastor earlier th th today about this. I believe in the first part of this year, he's going to build our faith up in such a great way. He's going to do so because there's going to be prayers that are answered. And there's going to be no doubt that it was our prayers that are answered. And there's going to be things that happen. And God's, God's going to build our faith. And then he's going to launch us into a, a greater season of that book of Acts revival that Pastor was preaching about on, on Sunday. Look, if it, like Pastor said, if it happened in the Bible, it ought to be happening now. Come on, somebody. I mean, you remember in the Bible, they would just put people in, in the shadow of the disciples as they're walking by and they would get healings. Man, I, I'm telling you, I want to see that. And it's going to happen because we got to pray in church. Amen. And there's going to be some greater things. We're going to talk about intercession. We're going to talk about prayer requests and, and testi testimonies and do it the right way so that, so that people know how to testify right. And because, and, and, and you know, we can overcome by the word of our testimony. But I'm not going to sit there and give anybody the microphone to start, start giving credit to the devil for everything, right? Well, we're, we're, we're going to learn how to have faith. And God's going to build our faith. And we're, we're going to go through a season. You watch within the next three months, there's going to be a, a, a greater rising of faith in this church. And our f level of faith is going to continue to go. And God's going to do great things. And the last area that we need to engage in is we need to engage with and in our community. Engage in and with our community we're talking about boots on the ground engaging boots on the ground we're going to engage in and with our community through outreach amen first peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous Light. He called you for a reason so that he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so that you can call other people out of darkness into his marvelous light. Matthew 5 verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. We need to be lighthouses. We need to let our light shine in this dark world that we live in. Your Christianity is more important out there than it is in here. Pastor said that Sunday morning in his message. I put it on Facebook immediately. <laughs> That's a profound quote. And we need to live by that. Your Christianity is more important out there than it is in here. Anybody could be a Christian in here. But you need to be a Christian on your job. And you need to be a Christian in your school. And you need to be a Christian at the grocery store. And you need to be, you, you need to engage in and with our community through outreach. We need to engage with our neighbors and reach out to them. We need to engage with our coworkers and reach out to them. We need to engage with the grocery store clerks and reach out to them. We need to engage with your bank tellers and reach out to them. You need to engage with the librarians and reach out to them. You need to engage with the waitresses and the waiters and, and reach out to them. You need to engage with the mechanic that fixes your car. You need, you, you need to engage with people. You need to reach out to them and make connections. Man, and we're going to engage in and with our community through service. I love this passage of Scripture, Matthew 25, and I'm almost done 
Matthew 25, 34 through 36, and then the first part of verse 40. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came into me. And then in verse 40, Jesus said, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. This is boots on the ground. This is engagement. And that's what it's all about. We engage with Jesus. We engage with each other. We engage in battle. All so that we can engage in and with our community and serve them. This is where we need your help. Engage. If you can find a way to serve our community and you're willing to step up and help in that effort, then bring it to us. Now, don't get mad if you bring it to and say, we ought to do this and there's nobody to do it and you're not willing to lead it and we don't do anything about it. I'm just going to be real for a minute. Now, bring it to us. Bring us the ideas, but... Maybe you're the one that came up with the idea because God is wanting you to do it. And, and come and be a part of it. And you don't necessarily have to lead it, but at least be involved in it. And we'll get somebody that can be with. Listen, the way we're going to make a difference is we need to engage with our community. We need to help the hurting. We need to help the hurting. We need to feed the hungry. We need to clothe the naked. We need to be able to reach out. And so if you've got ideas, bring them to us. Not right now, Brother Charles. <laughs> Another time. Tell me later. If you've got ideas, bring them to us. This We want to get our boots on the ground. We want to engage. The old saying says that people don't care how much you know. Until they know how much you care. And if we can show the love of Jesus in our community. This church is going to be bursting at the seams. It's going to be bursting at the seams. And so our theme for this year. Is engage. Boots on the ground. We're going to engage with Jesus. We're going to engage with each other. We're going to engage in battle. And we're going to win, by the way. <laughs> and we're going to engage in and with our community. And as we do this, there's going to be revival. And there's going to be harvest. And I believe this church is going to be full. Come on, somebody. I wonder if anybody, I, I got a vision. This church is going to be full. This church is going to grow. We're going we're to begin to see it, and, 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 and we're going to be busier than we've ever been before. And, and we're gonna be, th there's going to be revival happening on the left hand and on the right hand, and, and there's going to be miracles and signs and wonders that are happening, and people are going to be coming to check it out and find out what is going on at 517 Farmington Avenue. And it's going to happen because we engage and get our boots on the ground. Engage with Jesus. Engage with each other. Engage in battle. And engage in and with our community. Sister Tryon, would you come? I wonder if tonight, and it's only 11.15 right now, I wonder if tonight we can gather together and pray we can gather here around the altar and 
you can find a place to pray. If you can't make it to the altar, that's fine as well. But can we just spend some time praying and committing? I'm going to leave that screen up there. Why don't you commit yourself to have your boots on the ground, to engage with Jesus, engage with each other, engage in battle, and engage in and with the community. Would you come? Let's make that commitment for 2019 if that's what we're going to do. That's what the thing, the Great Commission is all about right there. Let's engage. Would you pray with us?